Welcome to the first episode of Toppy Wen in 2022. 2022, that's how we should say it. Toppy Wen, where the W matters. I can't remember why now. The only podcast you will ever need. I'm, this episode is fueled by Captain Morgan's spiced rum poured over ice. I haven't had any breakfast yet, so this is a dangerous combination. It's also dangerous because we are about to read together an article I saw on the interweb a few days ago. I saved it to my phone because it made me angry. And I'm always looking for subjects to talk about to you guys out there. The handful. You're not the masses. You are the diligent, faithful few. Katie Edwards. Don't know who she is. I suppose no research here. Doesn't matter who she is. Doesn't matter who she is. She wrote an article for The Independent. This is the first sip. Oh, blimey. That is good, but yeah, probably not good on an empty stomach. Katie, prepare yourself. The title of her article. Vinyl sales are at a high, but owning records is a pointless endeavour. This, to me, you're going to pick up the vibes that I, I give off as I read this. This, to me, is, a, is an anti-music article written by someone who, I was going to say, probably feels she's in the right. More than that, she definitely feels she's in the right. But she's definitely in the wrong. And I find this article offensive. The electronic alternative is less appealing to snobby vinyl enthusiasts because it allows fewer opportunities for them to parade their taste at dinner parties. Let me have a photograph of someone flicking through vinyl in a shop, a la the cover image on uh, DJ Shadow's introducing. A Getty Images stock photo with a caption, My non-vinyl collection can't be damaged. It doesn't take up any physical space and it doesn't collect dust. Whoopee-doo! Pat on the back for you. Where's that? Let me get the glass. Hang on. Okay, here we go. I have so many issues with this article. What you're going to get here is the notion that people who buy things that you can hold in your hands, physical items, vinyl, Blu-ray, DVDs, cassettes, CDs, whatever, they're snobs. They're snobs. Because music, music catalogues, films, because music can be streamed, because it doesn't need to physically exist, because anyone can pick it out of the air, then anyone who continues to buy a kind of defunct old-fashioned media, medium rather, is, a, is an idiot. This is what Katie thinks, right? Let's just, right, here we go, right? Listen to this, okay? I haven't fully read this. I just, I scanned through it and saved the articles on my phone. So I have phone in hand. Let's put the phone in my left hand. Glass of Captain Morgan's spiced rum in right hand. One more sip. Backslash, one more sip. ABBA, not content with dominating the charts and wedding playlists for decades, are also now responsible for resurgence in the sale of vinyl records, which, according to the BBC, has reached its highest level in more than three decades. That is interesting in itself. Because certainly I, uh, when the idea of downloading my CD collection onto my computer, so I didn't have to always keep reaching for the physical item, I did it. I downloaded all my CDs onto the hard drive of my computer back in whenever it was, the late 90s, early noughties. Unfortunately, I downloaded it all in 128 kilobytes per, kilobits per second. If you're ever going to download your, your physical collection, and not sexually, 
in the hope that you'll never need to go back to the physical item again, make sure you do it in the best resolution you can. Wave, lossless, flak, whatever. So yeah, I got rid of I got rid of my vinyl and my cassettes and my CDs, hid them away in drawers, whatever. And yeah, I migrated back in the end, didn't I? For so many reasons, which we'll talk about. But let's go back to what Katie has to say. What's going on? Vinyl is fragile and unreliable. It scratches easily and jumps irritatingly with any nearby vibrations. Right, let's stop there. I'm going to keep stopping as I go through this, right? The last episode, we talked about how obsolescence, how things become obsolete. You record onto a CDR, a recordable CD, and then you find out years later that the surface, the chemicals used to be able to record onto, deteriorate over time. And you put your CDR in that you recorded 20 years ago, and it's just... And that was Cliff Richard Wired for Sound that you just heard there. That I recorded 20... Twenty years ago. An unnecessary Donald Duck impression. But things that you rely on let you down. You record everything onto a hard drive. The hard drive breaks. It's all gone. Cassettes warp and snap. CDRs become unreadable. CDs themselves, the indestructible format, can break. And as the conclusion of, I think it was the last podcast we did, that we listened to together, and I talked, you listened, we decided that over time, vinyl is the greatest format of them all. You can put a vinyl record on that was produced like 100 years ago, and you can still listen to it. Try listening to a CDR that was recorded 100 years ago. It's not going to happen. The idea of pressing grooves into a circle of plastic that can, you can hold in your hands and it exists through wind and rain and wars and house moves. And after 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, we're just going up through the years, 80, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, you can still run a needle across that groove. You can put your ear to it and listen. You can hear the music. The music exists. It's stamped into the plastic. Vinyl is the ultimate survivor. Even when people threw it away, it came back. It's the ultimate survivor. It is a frisbee. Bloody hell. Was that Captain Morgan's? Shut up. Shut up. What's going on? Vinyl is fragile and unreliable. I dispute that. It scratches easily. I, I dispute that. Does it scratch any easier than a CD? And jumps, irritating with any nearby vibrations. My records don't jump when I play them. I've done well, over 145 episodes of my series where I listen to a piece of vinyl. And anyone who's watched will see that I rock around in the chair. I move a lot. I'm waving a knife around. The, the vinyl never skips. I occasionally back the chair into the worktop and physically hit the record player. Yes, then the needle jumps. But so far... The only record that's ever skipped and jumped Jonathan Edwards style on my Discover series was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. And I think the reason for that is because it's a shit pressing. You know, one of the richest, most powerful men in the music industry and probably his greatest piece of work spread across multiple discs. So it should be the highest quality and it skipped. Anyway. 
and it takes up space. True, that's a downside of vinyl. That's the reason, let's face it, why people did get rid of their CDs and their vinyl and their cassettes and were happy to download to the computers. In the early days, it was downloading to computers. And now it's streaming. And, you know, before I carry on with this article, yeah, true. We had racks of VHS cassettes. And then we had racks of DVDs and Blu-rays. And it is better. I mean, come on. I'm not an idiot. It's better. I've got all these Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. They're in boxes up in the attic. Because I will stream a version. I'll stream the same film that I've got on Blu-ray and better quality. I'll stream it because it means I don't have to get out of my chair. I have paid money, like on Amazon Prime and things, to get available to me a film like Die Hard or whatever to stream it when I've got the actual physical item like 20 metres upwards in the attic. But rather than go up there... I'll pay a fiver. I know, right, right, come on, you can't tell me that other people don't do that. We're all idiots, right? Yes, physical medium takes up space. Physical media takes up space, and that is a big downside. And it takes up space, so much space. I should know, a third of my dining room is dedicated to my husband's precious LP collection. You can hear the snideness, the, the cattiness in their tone, can't you? He's travelled miles to record fairs and spent hours searching through hundreds of records on the lookout for additions to his collection. Some of his records are rare enough that he's reluctant to play them in case they get damaged. But look, it was, she's straying into other areas here. The idea that you seek out something that's kind of rare and for that reason you don't play with it. Like, as if you got... This is the sort of woman, right, that if a bloke went out and found a, a Luke Skywalker in his original packaging from the, the toy, the little figure, Luke Skywalker figure, still with his lightsaber in the original packaging from like 1977 or whatever, 1978, in some sort of toy fair, unopened. He finds it and he buys it. No one noticed how rare it was or how expensive it is, but he found it and he got it for like, he only paid like 15 quid for it. And he knows it's worth like 1500 2000 3000 4000 whatever. And he gets it home. And this idiot wife has a go at him because he won't play with it and open it up and get Luke Skywalker out and play with it. That's not a euphemism, getting his Luke Skywalker out. So this same bloke goes out and finds a rare record and he just wants to sort of have it, put it in a frame on the wall or whatever, or hide it away because it's rare. There's only 400 of them ever made. And he's got one of them. Just like anything else that's rare in the world, if you've got a hobby, you can go out and a rare diamond ring or a rare poster or a rare piece of porcelain or a vase or something. But no, this guy chose to have a rare piece of vinyl. We've had many conversations about the appeal of vinyl, but I'm still at a loss. Apparently it's something like the difference between books and Kindles. The sensory charm of a physical format is comforting and reassuring. The size of LPs means that one can appreciate album artwork more easily. I'm told that watching vinyl spin on the turntable can be hypnotic. Look, everything there is true. In this world of ones and zeros, yes, you can listen to anything at any time, but there is something about holding the weekend's after hours in your hand 
and having the artwork 12 inches by 12 inches right in front of you and knowing that when the Wi-Fi goes down, you can still just stick it on. It exists. The indentations in the plastic are the weekend's thoughts and feelings and sounds. Apparently, it's something like the difference between books and Kindles. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really a Kindle person. I don't own a Kindle on the odd occasion these days. But I'm, I haven't got time to read books anymore because I'm doing these sort of, this sort of shit all the time. But when I do read a book, yeah, I read the physical item. I like a book in my hands. Not sexually. I'm told that watching vinyl spin on the turntable can be hypnotic. I'm not sure anyone actually uh, stares at the vinyl, just watching it around and around and around and around. There is something nice about it, though. I put the platter on, I, you know, I put the record player on on these Discover episodes. And I I have the, the platter, whatever it's called, the thing you put the record onto. I have it spinning, even when the record isn't on it. I just have it spinning in the background. There is something nice. I go back, to, it's the same old point, really, again and again. I go back to the point that there's something really nice about having a piece of plastic that you spin round and put a needle on to listen to music. It's archaic. It's historic. You can imagine a caveman doing it with a piece of round stone in like 250,000 BC. Although he'd probably be better off putting the round piece of stone on like a wooden cart or something. Because what actually happens is he's listening to, he's listening to a round piece of stone spinning round while on his cart he's got square wheels because he's a bloody idiot and they haven't invented the wheel yet. Purists might say that vinyl offers superior sound quality to that of streaming services, but I can't hear the difference beyond the unmistakable opening crackle and low hiss of a record playing. Look, there's another point there. This whole thing about vinyl sounds better and you get your vinyl heads, don't you? The record, vinyls, vinyl sounds, records sound better. Back in the day, it was records sound better than CDs. Then it was records sound better than downloads. Now it's records sound better than streaming. There's pros and cons to everything. And convenience these days will outweigh whether something sounds better or not. For me, it's pretty obvious why there's an advantage to records. Two main advantages which trump everything this woman's saying. Number one, this is the primary one. I'm sort of steering away from what she just said, but we'll get, we'll get, we'll get back to it at point two. Point number one, having the songs pressed into a piece of plastic, which you put on a revolving platter and put a needle onto, reduces the incentive to skip tracks. Because it's a faff. Just trying to place the needle in the right place for the right song. It's a faff. So people who listen to records tend to put the record on, listen through to side A, turn it over and listen to side B. And what you get by default, by osmosis, is you listen to the whole album as the artist intended you to. From track one to the final track. There's no skipping tracks, there's no randomising it. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle is the devil's work. It makes you appreciate the album as a concept, even in this era where the album's dead. And I appreciate that this is all like nostalgic bullshit I'm talking about. I do appreciate that. Absolutely, the idea of single songs and streaming and skipping and shuffling is one. But there's some of us out there, including the artists themselves, who still like to have a collection of songs that we call an album and put it out into the world. A theme it allows you to have a thematic, an expression of how you feel about the world or a story. Nothing wrong with singles. Singles, are, singles have always been there. The album as a concept didn't even exist. 
It was like in the 60s where the likes of the Beatles came along. And, you know, I don't know, the Beatles and Bob Dylan and the Beach Boys and people, people suddenly pushed the idea. Moving away from the jukebox, where people just select songs on a jukebox, it suddenly became, here's a 12-inch record with many songs on it. And they've got a connecting tissue, connecting fibre. This is an album. You can enjoy the whole work. It's like a piece of art. You'll quite happily go and look at the Mona Lisa or Monk's Scream or a bit of Jackson Pollock or something. Well, here is Revolver by the Beatles. It's art. More than one song with a theme, thematic, not necessarily telling a story, but it's got a sound. It's all meant to be together. The album. The album for the win. Point number two. You know, the pros of vinyl here. A pro. Point number two. With vinyl, it's difficult to make it loud. If you make the bass too loud, or the volume in general too loud, that requires making the indentations more rough, more jaggedy, deeper. The actual physical pressing in of music into a piece of plastic. What happens if you go too over the top? Make the bass too loud. The needle will jump out of the vinyl. Vinyl's an interesting medium like that. It's made with the bass taken out of it. It's made to sound quite tinny and you've got to put a little preamp after the record player to put the bass back in again. Listen to a vinyl uh, without a preamp by mistake and you've got, you've got problems. It'll sound like a tinny mess, but with a decent preamp after it, or any preamp to be fair, it just sounds monstrous. And that's because you can't really press a vinyl record too loud. It's hard to get that particular format, vinyl, involved in the loudness wars. The loudness wars was something that happened from the 90s onwards with CDs, um, competing radio play. The idea that when you put songs on the radio, you want your song to be louder than the previous one, or at least as loud. You must have that thing where you put like your own little compilation together. And even on streaming services, where they've got their playlists, certain songs will be much quieter. And they're annoying. And that's why the loudness wars works. Because regardless of the audio files out there and the people that make music and the producers who keep saying we're not interested in the loudness wars the fact is that the public no matter what they say are interested they want their music loud and that's why rick rubin and the likes will oblige and they'll produce really loud masters like uh, californication by red hot chili peppers or deaf magnetic by metallica there's loads and loads of instances and certainly back in the day with oasis in the mid 90s they were at it and now everyone's at it But with vinyl, you can only go so loud and it becomes back into your control again with your volume on your amplifier. So you put the vinyl on, you can you control the volume. And because it was relatively quiet, pressed into the vinyl, into the record. When you put the volume up in your own home, then the bounce comes back. Ones and zeros, when they're made loud, when they're brick wall limited, when everything is as loud as it can be and there's no dynamic range between the loud and the quiet, this is the quiet bit, this is the loud bit on a record. This is the quiet bit, this is the loud bit, which is weird because there is more dynamic range available in, in CDs and and streaming. I mean, with streaming, technically, you've got you know, huge amounts of dynamic range, but it's still all pressed, all pressed up together. Everyone's competing, everyone's necks. There's like a lake. And everyone's heads are just bobbing above. The, everyone's nearly, nearly drowning, but their mouths are just above the water. And everyone's doing their the loudness wars, the loudness wars. Vinyl is more like uh, a puddle. 
and you can just control the depth of the puddle. And it's quite nice to just have it down around the soles of your shoes. You can pitter about, patter about in it, but then you turn your volume up and then the loud is loud and it gives you a pop and the quiet is quiet. Now that doesn't work everywhere. If you're in a car with the engine running and that, not an electric car, when you're in the car with the engine running, you don't necessarily want loads of dynamic range. You don't want this, the, the bounciness and the, the cool sound of a piece of vinyl. You're probably quite up for a brick wall limited CD where everything is up like this so you can hear it. I've listened to Phantom of the Opera. I've got Phantom of the Opera on CD. Like a version from the 80s or whatever. Put it in the car. I can't hear most of it because the dynamic range, it's also quiet. Most of, this, most of it's like this. Most of it's like this. And then suddenly... And then the next song is back. Oh, this is rubbish, isn't it? So then you, you put the volume up because you can't really hear it. You put the volume up like this so you can now hear them talking or singing or anything and then suddenly bah, 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 the next loud bit comes in. like the, It's impossible. So there's a time and a place for everything. And when you hear people just do nothing but slag off the loudness wars, there's a time and a place. But when it comes to vinyl, point number two is that yes, <laughs> yes, right? Vinyl quite often, most of the time, does sound better. But take better in inverted commas, because it doesn't mean what you think it means. It's to do with the mastering and the way a piece of vinyl has to be made. Now, if you've only got one master, which you've used for streaming and for the CD or whatever, and you press that onto the vinyl, that is an issue. And that happens. You have to master specifically for vinyl, but vinyl can sound better. Let's get back to what she was saying, this idiot. Hang on. Let's just take a little sip. Purists might say that vinyl offers superior sound quality to that of the streaming services, but I can't hear the difference. Beyond the unmistakable opening crackle and low hiss of a record playing. Unfortunately, I've heard that sound played too many times on crime thrillers, and now I can't hear it without the prickle of anxiety that it's a prelude to the entrance of a serial killer. I mean, honestly. Uh, I, I like, I, I know trying to sort of tell a story through words and set the scene. And, yeah, it's all right. I won't pick her up on that. That's fine. I don't really get what she means, but apparently most people when they're serial killed are playing a really a piece of crackly vinyl on a shit record player at the moment they get killed. I do wonder about the cultural significance of the revival of vinyl, though. Cultural significance. Apparently it's not only fans of ABBA who love LPs. No shit, Sherlock. The trend is also being driven by sales of Adele and Ed Sheeran. It could be that these artists are appealing to an older demographic who are more comfortable with a tactile format. I don't really know what these artists, Adele and Ed Sheeran. It could be that these artists are appealing to an older, an older demographic, Ed Sheeran. I think most of Ed Sheeran's fans do not own record players, and a lot of them wouldn't even know what a record player is. Anyway, perhaps it's the experience of vinyl that's the clincher. Yes, that'd be my point. The same way I like to hold a physical copy of a book, and turn actual pages rather than read an electronic version. Yes. So you're now coming round to appreciating that everything you've just written is a load of bollocks. Hopefully. Let's have a look. I understand that preference for the substantial of owning something material rather than virtual. Okay. Let's see where you go from here. What I'm not sure about is whether this trend is really about quality 
or whether there is a touch of snobbery about the retro attraction of vinyl. Hmm, quality or snobbery? Snobbery over the format of music that you choose to listen to. I think over the years, historically, there's been, there's definitely, if there's going to be a snobby community out there, it's some of the the vinyl enthusiasts. You know, the people with a £100,000 record player and speakers uh, have been tuned to the room and walls of vinyl and the sort of people who stick their nose up in the air when you mention you're streaming something. There's definitely snobbery there. Do you know what? There's snobbery in all walks of life when it comes to cars or knitting or films. Let's just see where she goes with it. I've met more than my share of musos in inverted commas. I've, I find that offensive straight away. But anyway, I've met more than my... I don't know why. Maybe she's a groupie. Maybe she had, has, has had sex with a lot of... She's had sex with a lot of guitar players or saxophone players. I've met more than my share of musos who think they're somehow superior because of their taste in music. Right? Yes. I, I think when it comes to people who consider music their hobby, and certainly when you're younger and you've got a particular affection for a style of music or a certain band... There's definitely an element of superiority there. I feel superior to you because I appreciate Disintegration by The Cure while you're listening to Wigfield and Right Said Fred. I'm listening to Beethoven. You're listening to Mr Blobby's Christmas single. I mean, that's obvious, isn't it? Of course people are going to feel superior a little bit because of their taste in music. Having a showy collection of vinyl... The owners have to pull out and parade in front of uninterested guests, stifling yawns, is a display of pretentiousness that turns me right off. I don't know. I mean, I don't know people who really do that. If you are friends with someone who has a showy collection of vinyl, and then when you, every time you meet them, they pull out a piece of vinyl and talk about it to you for two hours, uh, yeah, that would, that would piss me off too. I'm not, a display of pretentiousness, I don't know. Maybe. It just sounds like you don't like music. This article to me is written by someone who doesn't like music and they should keep their nose well out. No, I'll take the eminently portable and convenient digital option any day. Yep, I think I think all of us uh, take quite happily take the digital option, just like I said about streaming with Netflix, Amazon Prime, BBC iPlayer, Disney Plus. Absolutely. The physical items are relegated to boxes in the attic. And I am definitely taking the digital option. I stream music all over the house using my Sonos. And I rarely put on the physical media. I keep switching between media and medium. Medium to me is like we're all linking hands around a table, summoning the spirits. I don't know. But I have now a record player in my living room. So I've got one in here with me in the studio that I use for the Discover episodes. And I have one in the living room now, a beautiful white Rega P1 Plus, I think it is, built-in phono stage. And I'm mostly constantly listening to Iron Maiden's Sen- Senjutsu, Senjutsu on it. But on the whole, when it came to Christmas, just been and gone, had Christmas uh, playlists streaming around the house. Yep, I agree. I'll take the eminently portable and convenient digital option any day. It's the, it's the tone of that, though. I'll take it any day. I'll take it any day. You can do both, right? We can stream songs. 
we can skip songs, we can shuffle songs, we can do whatever we want. We can stream this, we can stream that, we can watch this, we can listen to that. And you can also have a record player and you can choose to put Dark Side of the Moon on and just bask in the idea of listening to someone's uh, choice of songs that they've written and put in a specific order, which meant something to them and is supposed to mean something to you. It's like there's a conductor in the room who's saying you will listen to these songs. If you don't enjoy it, you can chuck the vinyl record out of the window like a frisbee. Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. I can listen to whatever I want, whenever I want, on whichever device I like. No shit, Sherlock. Just, let's give her a round of applause, hang on. Okay, here's a round of applause for you, Katie. My collection can't be damaged. Mm. You haven't actually got a collection. It doesn't take up any physical space and it doesn't collect dust. Right, let's, let's correct Katie here. Katie doesn't have a collection. She's just admitted that she streams her music. Therefore, the only music available to her is the music that's made available via her streaming service, which, believe it or not, isn't all the songs ever made. There are albums out there that aren't available. The person might have. Her husband might have a record that he can put on his record player, put the needle down and listen to, that she can't stream. And also, if your favourite album is, say, OK Computer by Radiohead and you like streaming it and you like listening to it, and then tomorrow Radiohead decide that they don't want their music on a streaming service anymore, it will be gone. Just like you'll be watching... I mean, I was going to say Netflix, but actually Amazon Prime is the, is the best example of this. You're watching a series on Amazon Prime, you're halfway through it, and then you go there, you click on it, and it turns out that suddenly, overnight, the uh, free with your subscription Amazon Prime TV uh, program is suddenly paid for today. It's no longer free. It's been removed, and it's now a pay for. You're watching something on Netflix, and then the film's removed. Music can be removed. You do not own it. When you're streaming stuff, you're paying... Well, you mean you might be paying. You might be just listening. If you're listening to it for free, don't get me started. Some of these services, like Spotify, if you're listening for free, as far as I know, it might not be true now, but certainly in the old days, you can only shuffle listen to an album. So if you want to listen to Adele's new album, Spotify, will, if you're not paying, Spotify will just shuffle it. But of course, Katie wouldn't mind because Katie doesn't like music. But if you are streaming, you are paying for a basically a license. You don't own anything. You don't own anything. You haven't got a collection. What's your collection? Every song that's ever existed. Oh, I'm, um, I'm on Spotify, so uh, I've got Spotify. So my music collection is everything. It's not a music collection. Give me a break. <sighs> Jesus Christ, I was born on Christmas Day. My collection... Mm-hmm. My collection can't be damaged. It doesn't take up any physical space and it doesn't collect dust. That's true. The bit about the physical space and the dust. I mean, I'm not going... I'll, I'll admit, when she's right, she's right. I can also move between songs quickly and easily, depending on my mood, and create playlists for different occasions or activities. Yep, true, that's the advantage of... Uh, digital streaming. I know Adele was strident. Oh, this is it. Right. Do you know what? I, I did read this the other day and I, was, I read through up to this point thinking, oh, this, this woman's an idiot. This woman's an idiot. But I wouldn't have done a podcast episode on it until I read this line. This is the line where I saved it onto my phone. 
and thought, I have to talk about this because this woman, she's not just an idiot, she's now really pissing me off. I know Adele was strident about not shuffling songs, but I'm not a huge fan of authorial or artistic intention. Once the album's mine, I'll listen to it however I please, thanks. I don't want artists dictating how I read, see or listen to their work. They've done their bit. And once their songs are in the public arena, then listeners will do theirs. What a, what a horrible, horrible, horrible point of view. And that, I mean, I'm all for being like, anyone who watches my videos on YouTube knows, especially when it comes to listening to music, that I've only ever really got positives people will go oh why didn't you slag that album off or you'll get more views if you do this no i i, I can see that when someone puts effort into something you you should make an effort to see the positives in it i think i think that but honestly i, I can't give this uh i can't give this article any uh, i'm not a huge fan of authorial or artistic intention she's not a huge fan once the album's mine i'll listen to it however i please thanks I don't want artists dictating how I read, see, or listen to their work. You don't want artists... Uh, this is the sort of woman who would go and see Van Gogh's Sunflowers and she would just pull down her dress and her knickers, take a shit in her hands, and then wipe her own excrement right across the vase. Because she's got no interest in Van Gogh's artistic intention, she wants to see it her own way. And her own way is through smears of her own human excrement. Honestly. Like you can do you right you can do whatever you want, but I'm not a huge fan of authorial or artistic intention. Every artist in the world right now is thinking, "Holy shit, we don't want Katie as a fan of our work she's got she's not a fan of your artistic intention. Holy shit once the album's mine, I'll listen to it however I please thanks honestly i mean, I know this goes on. And I know many of you out there listening to this might be thinking, what's your problem, Mercurial number six? You know, you put a video out there, Mercurial number six, and I'll just watch it on like times 1.5 speed just to get through it faster or two times speed. I mean, my, my artistic intention, my vision wasn't that you'd be watching me sped up, but you can do whatever you want. But I am also allowed to hear that you've got no interest in artistic intention or authorial spirit and think you're a complete cretin who doesn't value art at all. Katie doesn't value music. She doesn't value the people that made the songs that she likes. Just say she's a fan of George Michael or Queen or something. She doesn't value anything that George Michael ever did or Queen ever did. Katie will quite happily listen to all of George Michael's work out of order and backwards because it's her. She can do whatever she wants. They've done their bit, and once their songs are in the public arena, then listeners will do theirs. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Of course, having a hidden set of virtual playlists is the added benefit that no one has to see my collection of 80s power ballads and 90s dance tunes. Not that I'd be embarrassed. You've just said! You've just said! It has the advantage of allowing you to have uh, playlists squirreled away without having to have the fact that you like uh, 80s power ballads on display on your CD shelf or vinyl shelf. So people walk in and go, oh, I see you've got the soundtrack to Top Gun there. So you are embarrassed by the sounds of it because you want it hidden. Not that I'd be embarrassed. I just can't be bothered with the inevitable scoffing by self-described music buffs who consider themselves authorities on taste just because they've got a couple of obscure LPs. 
Get over yourself. I've never heard such shit in my entire life. This is actually, I'm, I'm getting really annoyed now. She is embarrassed. She's embarrassed by her musical taste because she's got no musical taste. Because she's not interested in music. She doesn't like music. She doesn't value musicians. She doesn't value songwriters. She's a complete idiot. And I can't believe I'm telling the world about her. Because she doesn't need any publicity. She's an idiot. Shut up. (laughs) I just can't be bothered with the inevitable scoffing. Inevitable scoffing, right? By self-described music buffs. A self-described music buff. A self-described music buff does sound like an idiot, doesn't he? What, who, what's, who are you, Mercury number six? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a music buff. A music buff. Oh, God dear me, a music buff. Who consider themselves authorities on taste just because they've got a couple of obscure LPs. Look, if you've got a real rare pressing of, like, Captain Beefheart's Trout Mask replica, that doesn't mean that you're some authority on music, and I'm not sure that you would claim you were. You're allowed to claim that your hobby's music. And that you listen to more music than Katie. And you like music so much that you seek out rare records and you spend time cataloguing vinyl records across many shelves in your house. And you spent a fortune on a record player. Yeah, do you know what? You are a music buff compared to Katie. Because all Katie's doing is listening to bloody 80s power ballads. And do you know what? Katie, you embarrassed idiot. There's nothing wrong with listening to 80s power ballads or 90s dance music. Get over yourself. You've decided, you've just written off a couple of old categories of music. You've claimed you like them, and then you you claimed you have to hide it away, but you're not embarrassed. It's ridiculous. Nothing wrong with 80s power ballads. Get over yourself, bloody music buff. There's plenty of music buffs out there who've got 80s power ballads on bloody vinyl records that they clean every day. They love it. Jesus Christ. Was born on Christmas Day. Like so many things, ownership of the right collection of records is part of conspicuous consumption, a status symbol signifying a superior palate. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. The ownership of the right collection of records. Do you know what? You'll get vinyl buffs, uh, music buffs, vinyl enthusiasts. They'll still argue about what... You'll have a guy who's got a collection of a thousand rare jazz records who will still think that that guy over there with a thousand classical records is an idiot. There's no right collection. Get over yourself. Maybe the electronic alternative is less appealing to vinyl enthusiasts. You can hear this bloody sneer, can't you? Maybe the electronic alternative is less appealing to vinyl enthusiasts because it allows fewer opportunities for them to parade their taste at dinner parties. No record sleeves to prop up right on the retro sideboard while guests help themselves to the pistachios. This person has got a class complex. This isn't just about music. This is someone who has problems with her own life. Anyway, I'd love to say more, but I've got an appointment to belt out alone by heart. The streamed version, obvs. And I think that's supposed to be obviously, but she's using like youth speak. So she's abbreviated it to OBVS, Oscar Brava, Victor Sierra. I've got an appointment to belt out alone by heart, the streamed version. So she's she's ended with that because she thinks that the vinyl enthusiasts who are reading this shitty article are going to read that and go, oh my God, she listens to alone by heart. Heart? Did you see that version of um, Stairway to Heaven that Heart did at that award ceremony in front of like Robert Plant and Jimmy Page with Jason Bonham on the drums? 
Fantastic. Heart. That's Barracuda, isn't it? Heart. Nothing wrong with heart. I might now, and I might now never listen to heart ever again because of Katie. Holy shit. Anyway, if this was a if this was a YouTube video, I'd want to hear what you've got to say in the comments sections. But I've never read such um, a, a look. It's she's obviously written it to uh, anger the likes of me and to get herself some views. So Katie has won. She's won the battle. She's antagonised this. Uh, what was it? This this self proclaimed music buff and this vinyl enthusiast or whatever I am, collector. I'm not a vinyl enthusiast. I'm not a vinyl collector. I'm a guy who buys vinyl because it makes a change to streamed music. It often sounds better. It forces me to listen to the whole album. It lets me look at the artwork and the associated posters. It's nice to have coloured vinyl. It's nice to own something physically. Yes, it takes up room. Yes, it gathers dust. Yes, it's a bit of a pain. Yes, it's all a bit crackly. Yes, people around me don't really like me owning so much, so many records. There's only so many more I can buy. There's upsides, there's downsides, but I've never heard such a load of old tosh in my entire life. Honestly. Until next time. <laughs> Happy New Year. Over and... <laughs>